that in your business or how would you define that to your customers and what are you actively doing to combat this work about work? Yeah, I think that the work about work is is certainly becoming, you know, something that a lot of people are thinking about in terms of their energy management, what they're doing day to day, how are they exercising their zone of genius. And so a lot of even with when I'm working with clients, when we are talking about the work, I'm, we're digging into like how exactly are you performing, you know, tasks for your clients and also with a clear indicator of two of, of the work about work is also the internal projects within the business that can't get done. You know, those mm-hmm. things that, that may not be able to be high priority, but are priority. So it's really looking at it from the pursuit of, of excellence is something we're all striving towards. I want you to focus on what you do best. You need to have an approval. How many approvals? What are the steps? It's really about listening. If it's not documented, it's, it's not done. Thanks for tuning into In Systems We Trust, the show where we dive into all things systems and processes and hear from the professionals that are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. Today, I am talking with Ashley Schuler. Ashley is the principal at Schuler Strategy Group and doesn't believe in quick fixes and seeks to create transformative solutions for agencies and small business owners so they can operate more efficiently in their business. Ashley is a business system strategist where she offers project management consulting services and bridges the gap between project management foundations and their tools. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Marquise. This is really exciting. I'm excited to dig in because we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, we absolutely do. And so right off the top, I just want, if you can fill in the blanks for us, tell us more about your consulting work that you do, what kind of clients you work with. We'd love to know more about, you know, what you do day to day. Oh, absolutely. So really the, the foundation of my business is really to help small business owners, agencies, and teams really... Um, dig into project management in terms of organizing the people, the process, and the outcomes. And so that's the teaching of project management as the process is coming up with a strategy. And it's also training on project management tools and making sure that they are productive in their work and that in what they do. Okay. Um, Where would you find that you're spending the most time with your clients, like when you approach them, you know, are you managing their projects for them? Are you working with their team? What does an engagement typically look like for you? Yeah, so a typically an engagement is really spent on the strategy portion and also the understanding of workflows and process in terms of how companies and how organizations get their work done. So it's really looking at, you know, where are some of your pain points? Where are we in terms of how we're completing the work that you're doing? Are we missing deadlines? Are we confused about tasks? Are people communicating efficiently? You know, what things are taking longer in terms, in terms of tasks? Are there, is there a bottleneck between handoff between team members? Even if you are a solopreneur as well, what sort of, in terms of your workflow, where do you think that things are messy or broken or slow? You know, and what are the ways that we can fix that? Awesome. I want to come back to some of that, but before we do, how did you get your start in project management? How did you get your start in process? 
What does your educational background look like? And kind of tell us the story of how you got from, you know, young Ashley, you know, working through um, different softwares, different methodologies to get to the point where you're at right now. Well, absolutely. You know, it really kind of, it started off when I was young and I was planning birthday parties. You know, there's there's always magic in project management almost everywhere and planning and executing. And as far as I can remember, I was always organizing something, something to be completed and to get done. And so I, I saw myself even throughout high school, whether it was group projects, even though, you know, it's so funny to talk with people who, you know, when our college days, you know, they say, oh, I hated group projects. But really all of that is really looking at, okay, what is the work that we're doing who's the best at doing the work, and then how can we get to our goal? And so that was really fun for me to actually look at how we can divide and conquer. And so, you know, as I graduated college, I I actually studied government and policy. And, you know, in terms of pursuing career, you know, I really enjoyed problem solving. That was really something that I love to do, really solving problems within organizations and really understanding, especially how um, policies written and then how exactly it is administered and how the operational components of that. And so mm-hmm. that was always of interest to me. And so as I started to develop those interests and those skill sets, then I was also looking at it from a different com- different lens because I would have friends just starting to get into entrepreneurship and start businesses. So I would just get questions, you know, how would you you know go about doing this? You know, and whatever that this is, you know, it could be an approach um, to how to make something more efficient, whether it was in social media or email marketing. It could be something, a project that they're completing. And so I was like, oh, I was like, this is pretty cool of of being able to see how processes are just everywhere. I just began to look at it from a systems thinking perspective and really started looking at the not just the whole, but also like the parts that are so intricate. And yeah, so I, yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. Can you recall um, a moment when you realized that, you know, you were a process driven person, you know, was it that moment in college or can you recall an event from your childhood, for example, where like you you think back to little events, like for me, uh, growing up in school, you know, we had binders and dual tangs and portfolios we'd carry to our classes. And I was always the kid that had the color-coded separators and I was meticulous about labeling all the different separators so that I could flip to my projects and I had a structure for how things were labeled and my pencil case was just so like, were there events, you know, growing up that, you know, you, you feel um, were, were involved in bringing to this to this point or were there other events that you know kind of helped you figure out this is where you want to spend your time oh absolutely I can remember applying for colleges and just pu- pulling out a spreadsheet and really had a process for deciding where I wanted to go where I wanted to apply and everything mm-hmm. from studying the application process all the way through what it looks like to complete it what happens when you get accepted and I really just came out with like a game plan I um, presented to my mom I said okay here's what I need to do here's what I found out and she was like oh okay and so she, she was like it was like really easy for her to digest and like look at uh, and so that was that was that was I would say that was part of the birth of it. But then I just um, found myself just in, within my career, just in situations where we have to, you know, either put on um, maybe it was an event. 
Um, it would be in, in things where there was a particular goal or an outcome. So it was always mm. looking at what's the best strategy, what is the best approach, um, looking at who's involved. Uh, and so I became a real, um, I would say, a student of understanding stakeholders and understanding positions and people. And I think that oftentimes when we're looking at the work we're doing, we are focused on the outcome of getting to the next thing. But there's so many components within measuring how well we did something, you know, and being able to understand, okay, man, if, if, if we miss that, what else are we missing, you know, in terms of risk management? Like, you know, just being able to identify those types of things, understanding in terms of communication with team members, you know, what's the best way to to communicate? I remember when I was on a, a board, um, it was the Northern Virginia Urban League, and I remember the president had come back, I had like typed something up, and it was like a lot of information. And he returned back, he was like, hey, you know, could you put this in bullet points next time? And so you begin to start, with, as you begin to grow and learn, you're like, all right, like that kind of, you know, that, that makes sense. So you begin to pick up on communication cues. You know, okay, bullet points are better for this particular person because they're able to digest information. While some people right. are like, I love that information. I love how I love reading it in that style. That could be okay with them. But being able to pick up those things, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. And and you talked about you know doing this assessment on your your projects, your processes as you're, as you're going about it. You get this piece of feedback from you know someone on the project team. Are you applying or I guess reviewing? Um, and doing like a lessons learned as you are going through the project? Does that happen at the tail end of the project? And what does that process look like for you to evaluate what happened and how you're gonna learn from it? Absolutely, I'm really big on lessons learned in, just in terms of performing that definitely as a formal process piece, like at the end of your project. But what I actually started doing even just with clients and just in terms of as you're delivering services, start to cue up my brain for either questions, comments, things that either there might be a disconnect and things don't always have to be necessarily like a blow up because we often think there has to be like a disaster for it to be like, oh, like we make sure that doesn't happen for next time. But it also could just be subtle things in how something is approached to be like, you know what, let me make a note of that and let me make sure that if this is a repetitive thing, what could I do to actually make this better? because that's really what lessons learned is really about. It's not a gotcha. And I'm a big mm -hmm. believer within teams that do lessons learned that that's like one of the first things that I'm saying. This is not like a blame game type of situation. This is, okay, we've had this experience together. Everyone has a perspective. Let's share what we, how we saw the, this particular process go or how did we see these deliverables going forward. So I think it's really important that that's level set because people get a little antsy when they talk about let's talk about what happened because we're instantly as humans thinking I did something wrong and well there right. could have been because there's an accountability piece but it doesn't have to be that it is a blame game type of situation who champions that and and like make sure that those lessons learned those things that we are documenting are being brought into the next project because it's easy when you are planning your future projects you're excited there are new stakeholders at the table you have new objectives right you maybe you had that 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 retro or that lessons learned you know weeks ago months ago how are you making sure that those findings are being brought into your new projects so that you're not making a lot of those same mistakes over and over again Yes, I, I think ultimately that it does rely upon the leader of the organization to 
make sure that that vision is going forth, but definitely to actually share that responsibility universally amongst um, your team members, but definitely have a point person. That's that the person that is actually going to be the person that is that information gatherer, that's making sure that the access to the information, whether it's the project plans, whether that is the, you know, the schedule management and those in the process oriented things that they are the ones that are helping to take that information and then catalog that you know you can do it in many different ways you can also have that in you know google drive you know this could be something that's you know put into you know that you know your project documents and your files that you have you can attach it to um you know one of your project management tools um definitely you know something you know in terms of working with asana you know they have that project create project um, that creative brief section um, and they have yeah. that file section so I think that's also a great way to have easy access to files and information and so it's really good just to like go back and just sort of just look at it and say all right you know as we begin our next project let's remember these things I love it I want to talk more about your services and what you what you deliver to your clients love to hear you know first off what a typical week looks like for you Absolutely. in your world um, and then what types of services you are delivering to your clients because as a consultant you know um, those offerings can come in all shapes and sizes and are obviously customized to the client so I'd love you to walk us through again a typical week and what you would be offering your clients and how you work with them Absolutely. So a typical week um, for me is really looking at, I'm using uh, OKRs. So that's been like an, a really big thing with me this year, um, wrapping up Measure What Matters by John Doerr and really looking at the way in which I am pursuing my goals, how I'm creating projects around that, and really cutting out anything that is not as necessary or lower priority. Um, and so what's happened for me is that I'm actually weekly keeping myself accountable to measuring literally, okay, if my if my particular um, goal is surrounding on online brand presence and content creation, um, let me make sure that those particular projects that I have, you know, that I'm making sure that I am executing that on a weekly basis. So definitely there's a content creation piece to it. Um, I definitely have, um, there's definitely some sub projects where it comes to podcasting. So that happens typically on a quarterly basis. Um, and there's a, pro, um, there's a batch recording process that I have for that as well. So there, you know, we, I have those. And then there's also, you know, there's some internal work that I'm doing. So that may be, you know, just some things in terms of updating um, with whatever uh, SOPs or some workflow things and they could be smaller projects that I'm just looking to just make some process improvements and then the rest is really just looking at you know in terms of clients and making sure in terms of VIP days um, so one of the things I do for VIP days is really deliver this high quality high touch experience where it's one-on-one -on -one and it's focused on two things it's focused on the project management tool and it's focused on the on the project management piece and so it's really merging together the worlds of process and tool because oftentimes and i know i i was doing this early on is, is associating a project management tool like with that is project management and so yeah. what it is is that there's this disconnect because i thought to myself you know prior to some of these tools what were people doing when they were managing projects they were doing that they were doing the process work and yeah they were doing it per paperwork or per like microsoft excel and in in 
in word, but as tools come along, there is a workflow and process component. And so mm. for me, and it's just my opinion, I just, I feel that as though the tools itself aren't necessarily as challenging as maybe as people make them out to be in the initial sort of start of setting up the tool. I think it's just a matter of training your mind because we're not all, we're not all waking up every day and we're all like, oh yeah, I know how to administer, you know, a software tool from like A to Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a matter of training your mind to actually like look at information in a unique way. And so I always joke with my paper and pen squad um, if I go on uh, Instagram Live because I, because there's so many people who are like, I write things down and I challenge them to say, yes, you, I encourage you to keep your pen in, in, in paper, but there's something that happens when you're able to visualize your work and understand exactly what you need to do. So the VIP day actually has those elements in there. We are, re, we are creating your process. We're creating your workflow. We are also, you know, I'm also providing um, trainings that are already pre-recorded, um, that are on um, project management and some some basic information that's really going to help that individual and that team understand what it means to actually manage and execute a project from start to finish. And then we're also looking at the tool itself, and we're actually setting up those workflows and also training them on how to use the tool. And for me. Um, you know, I, I definitely limit the amount of features when it comes to the VIP days um, mm -hmm. because there are so many like that are, you know, that just keep, you know, evolving. And I think it's great because, again, our work evolves, the complexity of what we're doing evolves. But I'm really um, in such a champion of people understanding the tool, um, really digging in. You can't really break much unless you're just going to you know just rearrange all your projects in one day yeah. but there's really not much breaking you can do so dig in to the tool itself and understand you know someone's typing in a comment you know attaching um a a document marking something um as complete you know what does it look like if we wanted to start automating things what are those types of rules and what do those types of automations look like so there's levels to all of that so that's essentially that's one aspect of the vip day and then the other half is just the consulting piece which is really people want to execute on their projects they want to understand how to put one together and so mm -hmm working with people for um, roughly 90 days and really just walking them through the process, everything from starting with the scope of what you're doing and really awesome. making it bare bones. What are you doing? And then also what you're not doing. Because we know in the work that we do, the scope creep can come and it can come like this. <laughs> it can yeah. just come and you, you know, you're not careful. So it's really looking at what's required for this to happen. And I like to, to break it down to, if you're looking at three months down the line and you could say, man, this was a really great project. What, what were those factors, you know, that can actually be able to say that this was a really great project. So let's look at what's required to make this excellent. So, yeah. Very mm -hmm. cool. Um, quick follow up to that on, on your VIP days, are you kicking off your projects with these or is that something that you're offering say once a month to those ongoing clients? So those are just, those are um, once a month. So they're essentially, you know, they'll pick a date, you know, we'll do a discovery call. We'll kind of, we'll talk about what projects that you want to, to put into your project management tool. So we'll look at um, maybe about three to do. And so that's roughly like four to six hours. Um, but then what I really love is one of my favorite parts of the VIP days, not just the setup, 
um, that, I, that I'll do, it's actually the coaching piece that comes with it. So there's 30 days of that. And so mm-hmm. what, it, what that allows is that we are working on your strategy and your workflow. We're collaborating on that. We're putting it into the system. And now we get to work for the next 30 days for you to be trained on the tool. And then also we meet up and then we also talk about what feels good about, you know, going through your particular projects or what feels still, what are you unsure about? And so we kind of really kind of are able to dig in actually really, you know, deeply and really be able to kind of see, you know, where we can make some tweaks and some improvements. And there's some, there's an education piece to that. So yeah, there's, there's that, there's, there's that piece to it just in terms of, of that VIP day. Very cool. Um, I, I know you have your PMP, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And you are your process-driven person. H- how do you manage all, all of the, the different project documents, right? Because there's an element where like, you have to prepare your documents and then present them to the client. Are you managing those within Asana or the project management tool of choice? How are you managing that, delivering it to it, and making sure that your client is on the same page with you? Because as you mentioned, you know, the scope that would be one of them, right? Like, and making Absolutely. sure that they understand what's in scope and what's out of scope. So, how are you managing all those documents and making sure that you know um, things are smooth when you are um, onboarding a client and starting a project? Absolutely, and and really, um, that the the first you know the full, those first stages between the discovery call and the client onboarding, I'm really introducing them just really from, from the Dipsado perspective of the invoicing and the contracting and the proposal piece, and so that um, allows us to to look at the contract and get that sent off. But really, even before the, any any signatures, we're actually going over you know what is expected just out of both of us. And we're actually just looking at what is to be delivered. So they'll go and they'll pay um, and they'll kind of go through that process, which takes about five minutes. And then we go into our onboarding slash strategy call. And so in that piece of it, there is homework in between um, those two phases. And so that actually allows um, a it's a a form that they fill out. And so we'll have a form and that really sort of digs into your day-to-day experience working with your projects. And so they'll give that to me about 48, 72 hours ahead of time. And then I'll I'll start to put together some ideas in terms of what could be the bottleneck, what are some potential workflows. And then we sort of get into, into the onboarding piece. We're really going over um, what happens in the VIP day. We kind of go through my four phases um, that I have. Mm-hmm. And the discovery phase is really when we're actually looking at the document itself and we're actually looking and seeing, all right, well, you've put these answers down, you know, let's actually just walk through that. So I do whiteboarding um, during that time. And so I do a just virtual whiteboarding. And so we just sort of go through, walk me through the start of your project. Um, what happens when you're executing, you know, what are some, mm-hmm. you know, talk to me about the pitfalls. And so we're sort of picking out and just identifying um, those things. And so we keep it really simple in, t- in terms of tools. So it's not too many yeah. at one time. Um, but then just in terms of documents, definitely have Google Drive as like the repository for recordings for any type of additional um, templates and forms and things like that so that they're able to just easily access that. I'm definitely a fan of um, Slack and being able to use that as the tool to chat with. Um, just in yeah. terms of just having that client communication and it's easy. 
because I've, I've found that, you know, when we start getting into like, oh, you know, I'll just text you, you know, a lot of times we may leave our phone someplace, we're doing something, it's like, you know, oh, you know, someone needed some something from me six hours ago. So at yeah. least I have like the little um, indicator to say, let me go ahead and ch um, check my Slack. And then I'm able to answer qu questions more quickly. And then you're trying to remember, where's that message that that person sent me? Was it an email? Was it in Slack? Was it a text? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Place. Absolutely. And that, and I, and I really try to be very conscious, um, even though, you know, depending on the client's experience, some people really like email. <laughs> so it's, yeah. you know, it's, so sometimes it's just being mindful of how much that you're going to send, not trying to have too much back and forth, you know, and just making sure that the, you can still make email streamlined. Um, you just, you know, so you just, I sort of look at the preference of the client. So if they're familiar with Slack um, or if they are okay with just being on the tool, they're very much, you know, like, okay, I'll just download the tool. And I was like, you'll get an invite from me and then we'll, you know, we kind of take it from there. So. Got it. Very cool. You, you mentioned a moment ago that you will address the pain points and the pitfalls uh, of your clients when you are connecting with them. What would you say is the biggest issue that you come up against when you're meeting with your clients? What is the thing that's happening in their business that is holding them back? Um, what are the things that they are hiring you for? What would you say that big need is that you see when you're working with your clients? Well, definitely it's the efficiency piece of, of the tool. It's, it's the aspect of, I'm not using this correctly. Or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm using this, but I don't think it's being optimized the way that it could be. Or, you know, I, it seems as though, you know, that my, my particular tasks there, I feel like they're all over the place as if, you know, I don't, I, I kind of don't understand how, where I'm supposed to be working. So I think that piece in terms of streamlining the work and the mm -hmm. operations piece, understanding like what exactly people are responsible for. And then yeah. also, again, getting them to uh, over to that finish line um, in terms of, you know, completing deliverables, um, the best practices for that. So a lot of it is operational efficiency, how to become more productive in that. How does my team, how can my team, um, how can they be able to be more productive so they don't have to have as many meetings? And even though mm -hmm. I'm a meeting advocate, I'm a productive meeting advocate. So right. even if you um, wanted to have a meeting like within Slack or within um, April, even with even talking about a tool using using like that task in the common feature, like that mm -hmm. just saves so much time just to be able to say, I'm going to attach these graphics or I'm going to attach this document, pinging that person to be able to say, all right, it's ready. You know what I'm saying? So there's no calling, there's no texting, you know, everybody's on the same page. So I think this aspect of centralizing your work and your communication, you know, is still something that, you know, maybe new to some folks so that it's, you know, it's something that is that needs to just be socialized a little bit more and just to be mm -hmm. able to show people how you can do it in such a way that's not intrusive, that's not clunky. Um, and, you know, and just to start off, start off simple and start off small. And I think people um, may not necessarily always think of it in that perspective. It doesn't have to right. be overly complicated. Like let's simplify it and then let's build from there. Okay. Is that the same approach you take in your business? Cause like a, a lot of what we talk about here on the podcast is like process improvement and, you know, um, updating your, your processes, reviewing your processes. How often are you doing that? Because I know when you're meeting with your clients, you're trying to make sure that they're staying efficient, right? So what does that mm -hmm. look like? Is that something that you set into your calendar monthly, quarterly? 
to review how things are being done in your business and updating them. Walk us through that process a little bit. Yeah, I, I think for for me, um, I since I'm thinking about things all the time, just in terms of what could be particular hangups, right? So even mm-hmm. just in simple, just in podcast workflow, you know, if there are certain things in terms of, oh, you know, I didn't see like the link here, or if it happens a couple times, and I'm like, all right, I got to look into that. You know, is there is there something that you know I've done? Is something that's missing? How could it become easier? So I'm usually you know looking at a monthly basis, you know, looking at those activities. Um, that I'm doing on a regular basis and seeing again what is what could be improved upon that you know what are some approaches um, that could be just more efficient even just for my own time even when it you know just comes to you know content creation you know uh, just developing more templates you know that's something um, lately that I've been looking into more I'm like okay let me just look into more templates let me look into more of what are some repeatable um, concepts and, and things that really resonate you know, with the audience and let me make sure I'm diving into those analytics. So sometimes you have to really just sit yourself down and do more of a deep dive than what you would normally do only to come out with just, all right, this is actually the approach I need to be taking moving forward. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I tell my team, I'm like, I need to go away for like three days to just look at all of this (laughs) stuff. That's it. That's it. It's so much harder now with like COVID and kids being at home. It's like you'd never get a chance to do that. So I'm always curious to hear, you know, how people are still fitting that into their schedule. Cause I know that I have a list as long as anything that, you know, of all the things that we need to address and look at to improve. So yeah, I, I think it's one of the things that is so important and pivotal to like the growth of business. But if you're not making it a focus, right, you're setting yourself up to fail in my opinion. But, That's right. Um, we, we, were, we were talking before the recording and I wish that I had recorded it, but we were talking a bit about software and you know what kind of things you use. Would you say that you're software agnostic in your in your approach when it comes to you know um, recommending things for your clients, or do you have a stack that you're going to them with every single time and trying to fit them into you know one of those buckets? Yeah, so I, I would say for in terms of like the the software stack, I'm really when it comes to the managing the project and the work, I'm really only looking for about a couple of indicators in terms of how they learn and how they approach the work so I can be able to recommend quickly like what would actually work. I think, you know, having a buffet menu of things um, in terms can be can be confusing because people are, you know, like, what should I use? But because it's the process of how you work, it's also what is, you know, what's your niche in your industry. It's also how people work. You know, those are certain factors that need to be taken into account. So whenever it is um, specifically for how do I actually have um, manage my schedule, how I manage my projects, I'm really only going to be focusing on like like two, like almost like two project management tools, you know, and really sort of looking at, you know, this is where that you that you want to to focus on. When it comes to other things, you know, in terms of like, you know, the client experience and again, even with the client experience, there's different lenses to that. There's the aspect of the onboarding piece and then there's an yeah. aspect of, you know, where I do like to focus on your client experience is also in how are you managing communicating with your client as well. You know, and so how are we also presenting your deliverables? How are you know, are you being efficient with time? Are, we, are you going to use Loom? 
you know, in terms of just mm. project updates, you know, so that, you know, in case, you know, the calendars aren't syncing up for that week, you can be able to easily be able to, you know, have a Loom video, you know, either assign a task, you know, or, if, you know, if you're using Slack, be able to say, hey, I just wanted to give you just an update of where we are, you know, let me know what type of feedback that you have. You know, making things very much simpler, I think, is, mm -hmm. is, is the key. Um, if you are into having, like, more advanced workflows, then, yeah, you're going to be able to have, like, a, a nice buffet of different tools that are used for certain things. So, for me, we're, we're talking about managing the work and we're talking about managing the tools um, to do it. There's only, like, there's only, like, two that I'm really focused on and just in terms of the approach and style. And what are those two? I think Asana is one of them, right? Asana, yes, Asana is one, okay. the, and ClickUp is the other tool, yes. Okay. And earlier you, you mentioned Dubsado. Is that what you use in your business? Yes, for the okay. uh, client onboarding and the offboarding piece, yes. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose that platform? And I'm only asking because we're working with a client right now that is using Dubsado just the way that you mentioned it for forms and invoices and billing and packages and all that kind of stuff. Like, Why did you decide to, to, to use that platform to manage the back end? And when it comes to a client, is that one of the ones that you would recommend that people are using as well? Absolutely. Um, it definitely um, Dubsado because of their workflows and because of the way that they're able to really automate and also integrate with um, your your other tools like Zoom. Um, they're able mm -hmm. to, especially with the um, with the calendar and, and the scheduler, their forms and their proposals, just being able to really build it out in such a way that's really easy to use. And so um, I found it to just be a tool that was um, that was great for me just to adopt. You know, there is, mm -hmm. you know, the learning curve piece is understanding how triggers and actions and workflows work. Um, but if you, you know, are looking to learn it, they got, have a lot of information on the Dipsado team or um, as what I've done is actually outsource that work and had someone that um, did a VIP day um, for okay. me and actually helped me to walk through it and actually just set up my workflows accordingly um, just so that I could, again, in terms of enhancing the overall customer experience, making sure that that piece was just really easy um, for the client. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to dig more into it. I think it's one of those tools that I've heard quite a bit about it, but I've never like used it or seen yes. it in that sense. Um, one question that I do always like to ask guests when they come on is, is this one. There is this, ah, there's this issue that we see in businesses quite often, um, agencies, whatever you may be. In, it's called work about work. Yes. Right? It's all of the, the in-between stuff. Where is that file? We joked about it a little bit earlier. Um, what's the updated status on that? Or how do I do this thing? Or where can I find more information on this? And um, Asana released a stat a couple years ago, and it's still actually the case. We're up to 60% of businesses and people on Teams are still um, you know, spending their time on this right. in-between work. So how would you define that? in your business or how would you define that to your customers and what are you actively doing to combat this work about work yeah i, I think that the work about work is is certainly becoming you know something that a lot of people are thinking about in terms of their energy management what they're doing day to day how are they exercising their zone of genius and so a lot of mm -hmm. even with when i'm working with clients when we are talking about the work, I'm, we're digging into like 
how exactly are you performing you know tasks for your clients and also with a clear indicator of two of, of the work about work is also the internal projects within the business that can't get done you know those mm-hmm. things that that may not be able to be high priority but are priority so it's really looking at it from the two lenses of your internal process and then looking also at the external process in terms of those client facing projects that you're doing so you know in the, this aspect of you know centralizing and organizing you know Google Drive I was just doing um, a virtual meetup on Sunday we were just talking about standard operating procedures and we were talking about using what's in your hand but also the point of it's just so important that you are just setting this up, you know, and it's not necessarily about the right way, but even just setting up your different departments that you have in your business, you know, yeah. and if we think about some of these larger corporations, you know, they have, they have them all named, you know, kind of almost kind of like aisles in the grocery store, but yeah. you just look at those core areas and just, I, and I literally went through, I said, start here with this space and then go ahead and just outline your folders, you know, and we were going through it beat by beat because I said, oftentimes we miss out on time and opportunities because we're scrambling to go into, into find a document. So it's centralizing your work, organizing it. I think it's, it's carving out your time, you know, to do so. And we were just talking about that. Like when will we have time to do this type of work? Um, but it's really nailing down your process and making that a priority. I think that's I think that's 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 most important. Okay, you, you may have just said it, but I always like to round out our talks <laughs> by asking, you know, if you had to speak to your ideal client right now, what's one thing that you would say to them that you think that they're just not considering when it comes to either project management or process documentation improvement? If you could sum it up in like a couple sentences or whatever that sounds like, what would you say to them? Absolutely. I would say process matters. And I would say being able to understand it, strategize, and be able to execute on it will make your work in your business and also for your clients so much more effective and efficient. So that's what I would say. I would say process matters. Process matters. I love it. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Ashley. Um, I want to ask, you know, where can people connect with you? Where are you spending your time online? Is there anything that they can, um, you know, visit? Or do you have a course or anything like that that you could offer people? Where, where can they find you? Oh, absolutely. So you can um, you can actually hang out with me on Instagram um, at Ashley Schuler underscore. And that is where I go live on Sundays at two o'clock. And we're really talking uh, about this type of stuff we talked about today. We're talking about process improvement. We're talking about business operations. We talk a lot about um, project management. I even was just talking about the whole NFT movement and how I was seeing project planning and those patterns mm-hmm. and the way that people were executing that. And then also on LinkedIn. LinkedIn um, um, is, is also where I'm at as well, Ashley Schuler. So you can find me there. And so that I have some video tutorials and I do a, a weekly article series um, as well and definitely you know chat with me um, via dm about a vip day and really looking to supercharge your productivity and look at your process and redefine it and also look at how you can work effectively um, in your business so absolutely awesome well thanks again for being on the show ashley i enjoyed the conversation i appreciate your time thanks so much thank you so much this is fun bye for now
If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and follow on your preferred channel. If you know of a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them so that we can reach more listeners just like you. As always, all the links from today's talk will be in the show notes. And remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. We'll see you next time.